Welcome everybody to the Stone Down Sports Podcast. My name is Matt. Really happy to be here with you on this Tuesday night. We've got a great show on tap for you. We are going to dive into our Dynasty Fantasy Football Rankings. That's right. We told you once we made the switch over to baseball that we weren't going to leave you behind. And true to our word, here we are. Uh, we're also going to get into uh, a little bit of MLB news and notes. The uh, Hall of Fame inductees for this year were announced a, a little bit earlier. So we'll we'll cover that here in a, in a little bit. Uh, before we jump into all that, I do want to say thank you to all of our subscribers, everybody who watches after the fact, and, and those of you that come to hang out with us. We really, really appreciate it. Kyle, not sure if you're aware or not, but the Lions are in the NFC Championship game. Dude, bro, they are. First time in a million years, three decades or so, uh, 32 years. So it's it's an, it's an a weird feeling to... Uh, be talking and thinking and watching meaningful football uh, with the Detroit Lions involved. Tough test ahead going uh, out to the Bay there to take on the 49ers. You know, that's we've discussed off off the pod. You know, we think they're they're the most complete team in the NFL. Um, it's going to be a test. I think they're built to to win this game. They can run this, the ball and the 49ers are susceptible on the ground. Um, I think they got a shot. What's the line? Still seven? Yeah, it was when I looked earlier. I haven't looked today, but uh, I'll happily what, take the points. Sure, for sure. What's up, Dubo? How's What's up, it going, dude? man? Glad to have you in here with us. Thank you very much for the congrats there on uh, the, our Lions going. It's, it's like I said, it's it, it's a weird feeling. I'll take it. This has been with our Lions fandom and our university of michigan fandom this has been the greatest month of sports for us in maybe ever or a, a damn long time um so i'm excited uh they took care of business against the the bucks there um Derek barnes came out of nowhere and jumped that route and intercepted that ball and that, that's not something you're, you're you see that guy uh ever do not a huge not great in coverage as a linebacker um, but he just assured himself free drinks in the city of Detroit for the rest of his life. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it hats off to the Buccaneers. Nobody expected them to win the division, let alone, you know, make the playoffs, win a game. And, and it was a solid game. It's not like Detroit just stomped the hell out of them like a, a lot of people were predicting. Um, on the other uh I guess the other side of the coin there, the other conference, you've got uh, the chefs moving on. Yeah. They went they went up to Buffalo and, and took care of business. And, and once again, Josh Allen was not able to get that monkey off his back. Cannot sure beat not. the Chiefs in the postseason when it matters the most. And, and they're going to have some questions uh, and they're going to have to take a long look in the mirror there in Buffalo and, and figure out what exactly the hell they need to do. I get it. They had a bunch of, of defensive injuries, but the time for excuses is is gone. Yeah, that they did. They did have a bunch of injuries um, on the defensive side, and you know, Diggs was playing very. Stefan Diggs was playing, you know, very well the first what month and a half of the season, I guess, and then just completely disappeared the rest of the year. And and that's an issue for sure. Something's got to be. I I don't understand with what we've seen him do in the past with Josh Allen why it's not still translating on the field like it did before. 
Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. And and he's going to be, he's either 30 this year or he'll be 30 next year. That team may deal. look a, a little bit different and, you know, they may end up having to go the route that the Rams went a, a couple of years ago where, all right, we're going to tear some of it down and, and reevaluate some things and, and kind of gear up for uh, the future. Yeah. It, for the Chiefs to go there and do that, I, I still bet the Chiefs to win. Um, so, you know, I'm glad they did, but um, something's got to be done there. Um, I guess I, I would have fired McDermott the next morning and, and drove a truck to bill belichick's house but that's just me i mean the talent's there and, and that's a guy that could could push them over the line yeah absolutely um you also had the the texans their season came to an end they went to baltimore and and you know it was a fairly predictable result you know it was tied at halftime and, and that was fantastic maybe if they make that field goal and they go into the half up 13 to 10 they're feeling a little bit different coming out um but Baltimore basically just stomped the shit out of them in the second half. But again, another team nobody expected to be there. Another team that exactly. nobody expected them to win the division with a rookie head coach, a, a rookie QB. The future is looking bright in Houston, folks. It, it definitely is. I mean, they have, you know, Stroud's uh, on contract, obviously. Nico's still there. Tank Dell, Tunsil. Um, there's others uh, next year. So they're looking, they're looking good. Very young team that, you know, didn't expect to play or win for the division and they did even it is if the is the weak afc south but hats off to the texans fun team to watch i really enjoyed watching um them this year i have stroud on my keeper league and so i kind of always follow the texans but it's it's fun to see him play and um, i'm excited to see what they have in store for us in the future yeah and then um green bay they were uh they made it a hell of a game out there against San Francisco there in the rain. San Francisco wasn't really looking their best, but I think, you know, Green Bay didn't get the dub, but you can see, all right, there, there's something there going on with Jordan Love and, and those receivers. But I think my biggest takeaway from that game is I think they showed a blueprint on how to beat the 49ers without an elite defense like Baltimore has, like Cleveland has, like Detroit and Green Bay do not have. Yeah. Detroit's got a shot. They do. But um, Packers, youngest team in the league, looking good. Their future's just as bright as the Texans, I believe. Um, they shore up the defense a little bit. Well, the defense did play a lot better the last uh, eh, four or five weeks of the season in the playoffs there. But um they got a good staff in there. Lafleur's not going anywhere. They seem to be coexisting just fine, and he's you know passing for tons of touchdowns. Um, so I see him too, even though it, it is the Packers. I don't want him to turn into some Hall of Fame quarterback, but it's way too early for that talk. But yeah, the, you're right. the The Packers did show a way for the Lions to win. The Packers were able to move the ball, and pretty decently. Their yardage didn't really reflect that. I think they only had. Uh, probably had 330 total yards. It's still not horrible, <clears throat> but we can score, man. The Lions can score, and I'm hoping we can take the Niners. I can't wait till six o'clock on Sunday. Piss on hope. That's for people without a plan. MCDC I mean, has a plan, and and I hope it is feeding Jameer Gibbs. I think getting him close to 20 touches is, is going to be our best shot. Dubo says San Fran is super beatable. 
And yep, the Vikings did beat them in that stretch of time there that uh, they weren't playing good football. What they lost to what? Cleveland, Minnesota. Yeah, they lost three in a row. But um, but excited again for playoffs. Gonna love it. Yeah. Heck yeah, dynasty. I'm I'm very excited to talk about football. Most of this podcast today, we've talked <laughs> about some baseball. Uh, we want to mix in a little um, uh, dynasty football as well. We told you again um, that yeah, dynasty. There is no off season in dynasty, right? Uh, Absolutely you constantly not. Need, you constantly need to um, improve your roster. There's trades that are happening. Coaches are moving around. Um, you just don't know what's going to happen. So the best way to succeed in season is to do some things in the off season, and we want to help you with that tonight. Sway up in the house, Kyle. We one game away from my prediction. You, you dude, I, I didn't see this, these guys going this far. Um, you know. I, if they made the play, won the division and made the playoffs and, and lost in the the wild card round, I, I still would have considered that a good season, a win, something to build on for next season. Um, this is definitely higher than my expectations, but I'll take it, take it all That's day. It. Um, yeah. Let's see. You want to get started? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start off with uh, quarterbacks tonight, and, and we've got them tiered off, and I suggest you do the same. Um, it'll help you come draft time, especially if you're in an auction draft. It, it's better to take somebody uh, first or second in a tier as opposed to paying for the last guy in a tier because that price is is going to be elevated. Um I'm going to just slap them up on the screen real quick for you there. So in tier one, we, we've got uh, four guys there. We've got five in tier two, you know, and it, it goes all the way down. Uh, we're not going to talk about everybody today, but to begin who we are going to talk about, Lamar Jackson, your presumptive MVP for this season. And, and look, any of those guys there in the first tier, I would listen to an argument for any of them at number one overall. Uh, this season, he was a QB3 in total points as well as points per game. He had a career highs in, in completions, attempts, and completion percentage along with yards. Uh, he still chipped in 821 yards on the ground off 148 attempts and found the end zone five times. He also started 16 games for the first time in his career. Despite how well he played this year, it is a fool's errand to ever expect a repeat of 2019 Lamar Jackson is not the kind of guy who's going to throw 35, 36 touchdowns. That's just not his game. Uh, there was some doubt coming into the season about him. He had a, a new offense. Todd Munkin come in as a new offensive coordinator, and, and people were really questioning not only his passing skills, but something you've uh, heard us say here on the podcast many times, can he operate an offense from within the pocket? And as far as I'm concerned, the man redeemed himself. Um, yeah. We knew it was no longer going to be an inside-out passing game. In 2019, 51% of his fields were to the, or 51% of his throws were to the middle of the field. This year, it was just 38%, but he completed 72.8% of his throws in the middle of the field. That's awesome. It, it, it's fantastic, especially yeah. if you're a Mandrews owner. Isaiah Likely kind of came on towards the end of the year. 
this is a team that's going to look different next year. OBJ is a, a free agent as well as Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. They'll have Zay Flowers back, who had a, a really impressive rookie year. Rashad Bateman, if he could ever stay healthy, the talent is there. The draft pedigree is there. He just needs to keep his ass on the field. I think number four is about right for Lamar Jackson, and I think there's there's reason for optimism for him to be able to roughly replicate next year what he did this year. Yeah, I agree. And and part of me would say he's the number one quarterback. Uh, you know, we 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 consorted on these rankings and 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 did them together, and um, but there's a case to be made for that given his just huge fantasy value as a runner, just 821, five touchdowns on the ground. Um, he also had a whopping 48 first down conversions on rushes. Guy's a beast. Like you said, he did redeem himself. I think Todd Munkin, uh, that really helped. That gave him some more uh, freedom. If I recall, I mean, he wasn't even allowed to call audibles and things like that in the past with, with Greg oh, Roman. Shit. Yeah. Greg Roman and things like that, which is just, fucking stupid right i mean <laughs> i'm in the middle of a situation it's changed since you know the huddle broke and you know what the hell come on um but yeah i i look for him to be doing big things hang on to him trade a lot for him well don't trade a lot for him but. <laughs> uh next we have uh cj stroud guy i was just talking about there with the texans um rookie this year out of ohio state uh, finished QB 11 on the year, averaged 18.7 fantasy points per game, uh, had over 4,100 yards, um, 23 touchdowns, and the big, big thing, and, and, and it, it's, it's just huge glaring on the page, only five interceptions for a rookie. For a rookie to do that, I just find that completely outstanding. I mean, it's and it's not like he was only throwing 20 times a game. Boy was slinging it all season, and he was doing it very well and very accurately. Um, he also had some success on the ground, 167 rush yards, a uh, handful of TDs, I think three. Um, and he did all that. He missed two weeks, 15 and 16 with a concussion. I guess that might be the only thing fading CJ a little bit is – that durability, if there's some issues, if these concussions are going to be a thing in the future where he is easily susceptible to them um, and has a longer recovery time than the average, that'd be the only knock on him that, that I can see. Uh, I think he's a clear-cut QB1 in Dynasty to build a team around. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, a lot I, of, yeah, I see a lot of people either having him at five or six. You're flip-flopping him and Burrow. Personally, I prefer Stroud over Burrow. My one concern with him, um, well, I guess there there's more than one. Uh, <laughs> number one, it's there are a lot of unknowns at running back. Devin Singletary is not a long-term answer. Damian Pierce is not a fit for uh, the offense that Bobby Slowick runs. Pierce is more of just a straight north and south guy, and, and that doesn't necessarily work. My question is, how do things look if Bobby Slowick leaves? He's getting second interviews for head coaching jobs, which generally means, hey, you're in serious consideration for that. Absolutely. We've Absolutely. seen over the years, you look at Alex Smith, Baker Mayfield, the list goes on and on of rookie QBs come in and it's just a churn style. 
an offensive coordinator and you're never able to maximize the the talent not only with the quarterback itself but it also messes with the cohesion of the quarterback and the wide receivers cohesion between the OC and the quarterback. And you look at just what kind of effect an OC quarterback relationship can have. You don't have to look any farther than Detroit with Ben Johnson and Jared Goff. Absolutely. You know, having an, an offensive coordinator that understands how to get the most out of, of their talent is paramount. He had 4,108 yards passing this year. It's the third most ever for a rookie quarterback behind Andrew Luck, who had 4,374, and Justin Herbert, who had 4,336. Stroud did it with 96 fewer attempts than Justin Herbert and 128 fewer attempts than Andrew Luck. That is just absolutely amazing. There's a great young core of wide receivers there with Tank Dell and, and Nico Collins. And Nico Collins is somebody who's really stepped up this year, and, and it was a lot of fun to see. I, I believe so. I mean, he Nico didn't really do much the, those first couple of years. Again, you know, who's throwing you the ball there? But Houston was a mess. But um, I believe Stroud definitely elevated Nico Collins. I look for big things next year. Yeah. And now this is something I've been looking forward to, and it's a little bit of time to shit on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he was a number 14. He was a QB 14 in total points at 258. He was tied for QB 18 in points per game. He was the QB 17 weeks one through nine. He was the QB 11 weeks 10 through 17. He was the QB one weeks 11 to 14. And, and that's going to be the challenge there to harness whatever the hell it was that that happened that brought that production out of him the talent is there i don't think he's the the generational type talent that we were sold as he was coming into the league we're talking about a guy with 59 total turnovers in three seasons and only 58 passing touchdowns uh he was top 10 in passing yards uh, just a hair over four thousand. he only had four games over 20 points he had four games under 15 points this year yeah. um that's a team with some needs. Their wide receivers are old. That offensive line needs a lot of work. Their bottom third in both run and pass blocking, according to PFF. Uh, he was outstanding on deep balls. Passes traveling 20 or more yards down the field. And he got rid of the ball incredibly quickly this year, 2.2 seconds, which was second only behind Tua, who was at 2.1 seconds. Yeah. I mean, yeah, expectations were pretty high when he came into the league. His first year was a disaster. You got to give him a pass there with fuckhead Urban Meyer. Um, but then took a huge jump last year, finished his QB8. Everybody was expecting huge things from him. And he on and off dealt with, with injuries. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones missed significant time. His dynasty trade value has probably never been lower. I think the smart move is to hold on to him and see what does happen next year. Yeah. Uh, we got... We got our boy, our boy Jared Goff, quarterback of the Detroit Lions. They'll be looking for contract extensions this offseason for sure. Sure, sign that guy. He's 30. Um, finished QB7 on the year, 17.8 fantasy points per, per game. He had 4,500 yards. That was second in the league behind um, Tua. Uh, fourth in passing touchdowns with 30. And 12 interceptions, so pretty pretty good ratio. Um, like I mentioned, final year of his contract, I think they're going to give it to him. And 
you put him in there. We have all these weapons, ARSB, Laporta, uh, Jamison Williams, uh, Jameer Gibbs, of course. That provides, golf can sustain all of those. He's going to be huge. If you need a bargain for a QB2 option in Dynasty, I would definitely, definitely consider acquiring Jared Goff. Yeah, absolutely. And he's somebody, he's a high floor, low ceiling guy. He's not going to go out there and score 30, 40 points in a week. Doesn't have to. But he doesn't have to. <laughs> you know, he's going to be right around his average, you know, 17, 18, 20 points, something like that. He give you five games over 20 points. He had seven under 15, but he didn't really have any stinkers. Um, you brought up the elite talent they have at the skill positions. One thing you neglected to mention, and I think this is the most important thing, the offensive line. Yeah, They've got two all pros on the offensive line. And him, just like any other quarterback, does not necessarily excel uh, when he's pressured, especially if that pressure is coming up the gut. But you've got second team all pro Frank Rag now there on, at center helping to protect him. You've got Penny Sewell at right tackle, who is just a damn monster. Taylor Decker is pretty damn good in his own right. He's not necessarily an all pro. He's maybe that next tier below watching his blind side. Look, the, the dude was top five in passing yards in touchdowns and in passing yards per game. And he was essentially all but written off when he got traded over here to Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, we've got him a, in. He was a fucking bridge option, you know, for us yep. rebuilding, and it totally turned into something great. Sure. Sorry. Oh, you're good. He's he's in tier four for us, the number 17 quarterback overall, and that's just because of him being a high floor, low ceiling guy. He's, he's not going to throw for 5,000 yards. He's probably not going to throw for 40 touchdowns simply because of how talented that line in the backfield are especially in super flex leagues. If you've got a more high risk, high reward kind of guy, if you've got Anthony Richardson or something like that, give me Jared Goff as that second quarterback. Who's going to give me that safe floor week to week. Sure. All right. Next up. Next, his opponent last week, their opponent last week, Baker <laughs> Mayfield. Um, QB nine overall, somehow I don't understand how in the hell he did it, but good for him. He was a QB 17 in points per game at 17.4 right there in that Jared Goff kind of range at four games over 20 points, five under 15 set career highs in attempts and completion percentage, passing yards and touchdowns and 28 touchdowns, only 10 picks. He went there on a one-year deal and that man is going to get paid in the off season. From what I'm seeing and hearing, he wants to be back in Tampa. They want him back, but there's going to be some question marks there. What the hell is Mike Evans going to do? Are they going to fix the, the offensive line? On the surface, you look at Rashad White and think, damn, you know what? What a good running back. What a good piece there. He, he, he's volume. That's all yeah. it is. I got to believe they're going to bring in some, some competition, some help for him. I would not bet my bottom dollar on Baker Mayfield repeating this performance, and that's why he's towards the bottom of tier four at number 20 overall. Um, he's going to get paid, like I was saying. Somebody's going to pay him too much. Don't make the same mistake. Yeah, yeah. For them, signing him as just a veteran stopgap for this season, he, he definitely performed uh, incredibly well this season. He's one of the few. I think the reason that he finished so high, Q, I have him as QB 10, but you said nine. But either way, um, he's one of the few quarterbacks to start every game. So I think that that helped push him up there um, as well. Oh, my God. 
why is my computer doing this? There we because go. it doesn't like you. Um, you know, they started, they didn't start very well, but they won five wins out of the last six uh, regular season games after, yeah, four and seven start, clinched the South. He's definitely, gonna, I think he'll definitely return to Tampa Bay. He's a stronghold in dynasty leagues uh, at the moment. Um, and I'll even say he's a likely target for those without a truly elite option this offseason, depending on what happens. So, and the you know rest of the makeup of the roster. But right now, I like him. We got in the chat, Captain Spock. What's up? Thanks what's for up, joining. Captain? I see uh, Supersonic Loud Boy Enterprises is also in the chat. Sway's up, already yep? been talking. Go Lions! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! We're on a high. We're on to San Francisco. I'm loving every freaking second of it. So, uh, oh, yeah, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, gotcha. That's why. Why didn't you do the whole season? Why, why would you just do weeks one through 17? Because that's that, not the whole season. Yeah, no shit. But the vast majority of leagues do not play week 18. Uh, and why in the hell would you discuss private chat shit <laughs> that is not relevant? <laughs> Nobody even knows what you're talking about. You All have right, fucked up go. and derailed. All right. Next up, Will Levis, Tennessee Titans QB. Uh, he's in our tier five. We have him 23rd overall. He finished his QB 33 last season, only averaged 11.8 fantasy points per game. Uh, he only he played in nine games. His completion percentage was gross as fuck at 58-4. Uh, y'all remember when he threw those four touchdowns in that game against Atlanta? He only threw four more the rest of the season, the eight in eight more games after that. So um, he pretty much did not look good, except for the Miami game. He did throw for over 300 yards, got an upset um, there against the Dolphins. So I, I will see that. Uh, yesterday it was announced or reported that uh, Bengals OC Brian Callahan was going to be the next head coach in Tennessee. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, this offseason with that. He's very raw. He has a lot of room to grow, um, but he's got some positives. He's got great size. He's a good athlete. He is mobile enough. He can run. When he was in college, definitely his first year, he had nine touchdowns on the ground and ran for over 300 yards. So he can do it. Um, but if you need a quarterback, I think there's so many other worthwhile options. Um, he's definitely not someone I'm looking to draft in, in dynasty. No, I, absolutely not. Maybe in a dynasty startup, if I can draft him and, and stash him on the bench or, or something like that, Yeah, that's a team that is headed for a rebuild really the only pieces that I have any interest in on that entire offense going into next year is Tajay Spears and maybe Traylon Burks. He's got all the damn talent in the world. He just can't stay on the field. The team context around him is so damn bad. And, and right now he's just not at a point in his career where he can help elevate the, uh, the play of everyone around him. Right. You know, he had Deandre Hopkins there and, and, Hopkins just got peppered with targets. I think he was like second or third in the league in targets because there was nobody else consistent there. They got yeah. Chiggy Okonkwo, who he's made some strides at, at tight end. And, and if he can make that next step, maybe he'll be a reliable piece for uh, Will Levis. But right now, he's not really somebody I'm high on. Talking about Callahan, though, there is some hope for optimism there. He was able to coax Derek Carr 
to a pretty damn good season back in the day. Uh, he's done some good work there in Cincinnati with, with Joe Burrow. And, and more recently, that dickhead it took over for him once he got hurt, whose name escapes me. And he's Browning. the dickhead. There you go. Um, do you say Kurt Browning? Kirk? Kurt? I don't know. Jake? Browning. Jake Browning. Oh, yeah. My there bad. you go. Yep. Start See, calling I'm you that dickhead. Too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yeah, we got Captain Spock chiming in. Burks will be 10th round or later. Possible value there if he performs. If he can stay. Yeah, I mean, I was fucking yeah, right. if, if he can stay on the field, he, he's going to be somebody you can get for essentially free. He's, he's going to be a lottery ticket. A lot of it is going to depend just on, on what Callahan can do with Will Levis and, and how he yeah. progresses. Yeah, absolutely. Now your favorite now under your favorite quarterback of all time. This jabroni down in New Orleans, Derek Carr. <laughs> he was a QB 18 overall, QB 28 in points per game. Got you a 13.9 points per game. I think I could probably get you 14, but it is what it is. He had two 20-point games this year. He had seven games under 15 points, uh, 548 attempts. He did complete 68.4% of his passes, which was not awful. Little, uh, just under 3,900 yards, 25 touchdowns. Um, he did finish the season with five multiple touchdown games in a row. He had six 300 yards. There's some talent there on offense. He, he's got Olave, who's a, a borderline elite receiver, not necessarily a top five guy, but more of a, a top 10 guy. Juwan Johnson has flashed some ability again this year, uh, more later in the season than earlier in the season. And Taysom Hill is there kind of doing his weird thing. Kamara's a question mark. They can get out of that contract this year with a reasonable dead cap hit. Is Kendra Miller going to be anything there in the backfield or, or not? Um, I don't have a whole yeah. lot of, of confidence in Derek Carr to run an explosive NFL offense. I wouldn't trust a man to run a bath. Um, he will not be on my team, and that's why he's in tier six, number 27 overall. Um, the only reason we didn't rank him lower than that is because everyone below him is just complete ass. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he's stuck and he's not going anywhere either. You know, uh, <laughs> he's got a 35 million cap hit next year. Cutting him is a, almost a 53 million dollar cap hit. And I think they're projected millions and millions and millions of dollars over the cap, like 70 million already over the cap for next season. So he ain't going anywhere. And he's shown us across 10 season that he's limited real life player and fantasy contributor. Not so great. And what Olave and AT Perry are really the only receivers coming back. Michael Thomas probably won't be back. He basically, his contract was just had voided years on the um, back end there. So he he's probably going to be a, a post June first cut and be a free agent. Um, and on top of that, the Saints fired their OCP Carmichael last week. And so now he'll have to learn a new fucking offense. So I do not like Derek Carr either. No. So, okay. We're going to switch gears a little bit here, guys. And we're going to slam some, some MLB news and notes up in here. Um, man, what a great graphic. It's beautiful. I love it. Um, so Hall of Fame. Got announced tonight at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, who made it? Yeah, so first off, we had uh, Twins catcher Joe Maurer, Dubo. I'm, I'm sure you're happy about that. Absolutely. He was the catcher of, 
I don't know, our youth or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, he had a career <laughs> 306, generation. 388, 439, triple slash. Hit just under 150 home runs, just a little over uh, 900 stakes. Three-time batting champ when he did it in 2006. Uh, he was the first in several decades, first catcher in several decades to win a batting championship. He was the 2009 MVP, six-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove, five-time Silver Slugger. He only struck out 100 times in a season once. He's a hell of a player. That's amazing. Um, and he batted over 300 in, in his 15-year career. Um, 21 Over 2,100 hits. Not a lot of power on 143 home runs, but I know Minnesota, that area, they, they really loved him. Um, he was definitely a hometown favorite. For sure. Mauer. <laughs> and cars metrics has dropped two years in a row. They've been dropping forever. Uh, not in the top 30 for, for two years straight. Long ball efficiency numbers. Even when he had Devante, it was all volume. Yeah, I agree. For sure. And the sad thing is they've got Olave there. And I know we're backtracking, but whatever. It's our show. We can do what we want. Um, it's true. You've got Olave there and you got Rashid Shahid, who has shown some real aptitude to get down the field and be an explosive playmaker and, and Carr just can't get him the damn ball. He can't. Um, and then, yeah, Adrian Beltre was the top vote getter, got in with 95.1% of the vote. Um, hell of a third baseman um, as well. Um, geez, accumulated the third highest war ever among third basemen in his 21-year career. It's amazing that um, he played that long. Uh, he's among just four players in, in history, regardless of position, uh, to reach 400 homers and 3,000 hits while also accumulating five gold gloves. Guy was a beast. Hell yeah, he was. He won two platinum gloves, which for the uninitiated, that is you are deemed the best defender regardless of position in your league. Heck yeah. He was amazing. And then we got the and last one. Yeah. Joe or Joe Todd Helton uh, spent his entire career in Colorado. And that was the ding on him forever because I don't know, writers are full of themselves and, and they're incredibly self-important Had a career, 316, 414, 539, triple slash 369 home runs over 1400 RBIs. He was a five-time all-star and, and I'm not a big fan of, of counting all-star appearances uh, on a hall of fame resume. It, it Fans vote on it, and a lot of fans have no idea what the hell they're doing, but it is what it is. Um, three gold gloves, four silver sluggers. His his best season was 2,000. He led the league in hits, doubles, RBIs, batting average, on-base percentage, slugging, OPS, and total bases. The dude was yeah. just a machine. Uh, he was also a talented football player. He was Peyton fucking Manning's backup there in, in Tennessee. Uh, both him and Joe Maurer. High school quarterbacks. Dubo watched him play high school football, same age, could have gone pro as a QB. It's like you guys are in each other's heads. You guys texting back and forth or something. Nope, don't be jealous. Um, <laughs> and there was a couple of free agent signings. I know. God, notes. Um, Aroldis Chapman signed with a one-year deal with the uh, Pirates. One-year, $10.5 million contract. They need some veteran help there. Pirates are projected to be one of the youngest teams in the league. So I think that'll help them. But I think his best days are are gone. He was kind of garbage with uh, Texas last year. 
yeah, didn't pitch that well. Now, and you know, he's winding down his career. I doubt there are going to be many save opportunities there in Pittsburgh. He's just looking to chill and draw a check. Um, the Dodgers signed James Paxton. It was a one-year deal. They're going to have a six-man rotation there, so that means two start weeks will be rare, if ever, for all of their pitchers. He's a solid source of strikeouts. Uh, struck out over 26% of batters face last season. He had Tommy John in 2021, and he's somebody who's been on the injured list 12 times in his career, so you're not really going to count on him for uh, a boatload of innings. He, he made 29 starts in a season one time. But if you can get 17 to 20 good starts out of him, I, I think you're going to be happy with it, especially where you're going to be able to get him. He'll be dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, right-handed pitcher Robert Stevenson signed a deal with the Angels on a three-year, $33 million contract. He was probably the, the last best reliever uh, left on the market. Had a rough first half last year, but boy, did he rebound uh, well in the second half. Um, just it's amazing how he dropped his like the opposing batters batting average. He was 204 in the first half that dropped to 114 uh, on base percentage was 291. Then he dropped, got that dropped to 145. Um, didn't give up um, a lot of home runs either. Just had a fantastic second half. Yeah. And we've got just one more note on a signing and, and we'll get into our uh, dynasty wide receiver uh, chat here. Washington Nationals signed Joey Gallo. He's going to split his time between outfield, first base, and, and DH. It's a dude that strikes out a lot. He is the yeah. walking embodiment of the three true outcomes. He's either going to strike out, the man will draw a walk, or he's going to hit a bomb. Last year, he hit 177, which was just astastic. Um, <laughs> he does walk, like I was saying, though, 14.5% of the time. He's got that light tower power. And just a ridiculous hard hit rate, 52.9%. And that's batted balls with an exit velocity of 95 miles an hour or more. So when he connects on it, he is smoking that shit. He'll be a cheap source of power. He's going to split time at first base with Joey Manessis. Um, but he's not an awful defender in the outfield. So he should get relatively consistent at bats uh, as long as his batting average, I guess, doesn't continue to drop even further so we'll see cap spock ricky henderson all-time steel leader yep 401 obp 3055 hits 297 home runs mostly off home runs all time i grew up watching him so did i so did Matt. Hell yeah. Ricky Henderson. Yeah. And he's uh, one of the few people in the world, I guess, that can get away with referring to himself in the third person. He does that pretty consistently. He is uh, yeah. an absolute character and, and, and just sure. a, a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, in a way, he and Ronald Acuna are very similar players where you've got, you know, pretty damn good power output, but just they wreak absolute havoc on the base pass. Ain't nobody touching his stolen base record ever. Just the game has changed too much, and he was just too damn good at it. But he was an, an absolute blast. Yeah. All right. News and notes is done. Let's get out of the fun stuff, huh? Hell yeah. Let's talk some wide, wide receivers. receivers. Hell yeah. So dynasty rankings, tiers for wide receivers. Um, do, 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 do. We got the tier here. Guys, these are also on the website, 
stonedonsportspodcast.com. If you guys uh, can't see it well on here or need to refer to it later, we got it in there and we'll be updating it as we need to. Um, first one we got, best wide receiver in the league this year. Cowboys wide receiver, C.D. Lamb. Made a huge leap and jump today uh, or this season. Uh, it helped that Dak also had a, a great year um, as well. Guy scored 40 fantasy points in two games, and he was a half point away uh, from hitting 40 in week 10. He could have had three 40-point games. Listen, defenses knew that he was the number one option. It really didn't fucking matter. Uh, his catch rate was up 6%. Yards per catch up 2.4%. Yards per catch after reception up 13%. His TD rate was up 13.8%. The guy doesn't turn 25 until April. He's versatile. He can line up anywhere on the outside, the slot. He even took some rushes um, out of the backfield this season, later in the season. He's durable. He played all games this season. Um, his QB play is consistent. Well, not well, not in the playoffs <laughs> because playoff Dak showed up, but um, he's the alpha there. He doesn't have any other teammates taking food off of his plate. He checks all the boxes. He's very much in the conversation for pick 101 in startup dynasty. Yep, I, I agree. Um, and if you look, think back to this season after week five, he was the wide receiver 16 in yeah. PPR. And then he just caught fire. He had seven games over 20 points. He had four games under 15, and it was four of his first five games this season. Um, he's got a, a fantastic, like you were saying, fantastic argument to be our overall wide receiver one. Um, when you get, you know, you're comparing him, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, you're, you're really splitting hairs. And, and I know, Kyle, you and I went back and forth quite a bit as we were looking at this top four. Um, the best thing about him, that you mentioned is he has no competition there. They got Jake Ferguson, which is fine, but they operate in completely different parts of the field. Jake's Ferguson's targets don't eat in CD lambs and, and vice versa. And really his rise this season coincided with the rise of Dak. Dak yeah. started to play better and he just said, screw it. I'm going to feed CD and, and, and find out what happens. And, and what happened was an absolutely dominating performance over the last three quarters of the season. Um, I didn't have him. I had Tyreek Hill and he actually overtook Tyreek Hill for wide receiver one overall, which when you look at the start that Tyreek had, I thought there was no way in hell, but oh, yeah. he just kept going on and on and on and on 20 points, 30 points, 40 points. They, I mean, eventually it's like, get the fuck out of here. It's like, is this You're for right. real? <laughs> All right. Next up, because this is how we roll. We got the sun God. I'm on Ross yeah. St. Brown of the Detroit lions. He is our last player in tier one at, at number four. Uh, he finished as a wide receiver three overall, number four in points per game. He had seven 20-point games, only three under 15. Uh, he was fifth in the league in targets with 164. He was ninth in team target percentage at 28.6. He had 24 plays go for 20 or more yards, which was good for eighth in the league. He is the centerpiece of that passing game and in an absolutely elite offense. Uh, he's somebody who you can anchor your wide receiver core around. He is one of the best wide receivers in the league. And we were talking earlier as we were kind of talking about the divisional matchups and, and just the, the talent that's there in Detroit. And even when we were talking about golf, all those people are going to be there for a minute. The biggest yeah. concern is Ben Johnson leaving, which yeah. 
we hope doesn't happen, but it, it, it's looking like it might. And don't be wrong, it's incredibly well earned. He's been a hell of an offensive coordinator, and I got to imagine that anyone who comes in after him is going to follow the same blueprint. Yeah. Uh, ARSB's big knock coming out of college is he wasn't going to be physical enough, tough enough uh, to translate to the pro game, the pro game. Boy, were all those fucking analysts dead ass wrong. He was the number 17th wideout taken uh, in that 2021 draft behind Amari Rogers, Anthony Schwartz, and Des Fitzpatrick. Who, Who you say? Exactly. Um, his catch rate remained elite this season, 72.6. The most, the thing that I was most impressed with him this season is his ADOT, his average depth of target, increased by 21.4%. Translation. His ability to create, you know, space and throwing windows now extends down the field. Um, and he's a fucking first down machine. Absolutely. Just, he, he moved the stick so well. Him and Goff are like this. Um, get him. Keep him. Draft him. <laughs> and I remember coming into the season this year, people didn't want to put him in that elite tier because they didn't feel the touchdown upside was there. And granted, up until this season, they would be correct. Found the end zone yeah. 10 times this year, went for over yep. 1,500 yards. He is elite, 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 and absolutely belongs in that top tier. Yeah, in half PPR fantasy leagues this season, he was a wide receiver. He was wide receiver one 10 times throughout the season. So, heck, yeah. All right, next up, we got Puka Nakua out in L.A. Um, I don't know why that's not showing. It's like delaying or something. Um, You're good. Yeah. Guy went from, you know, relative obscurity. He was the final pick of the fifth round um, in last year's draft. Uh, to one of the best receivers in the game. Um, he commanded uh, 28.7 target share. Now, to be fair, Matthew Stafford was his quarterback. Matthew Stafford made Megatron have that great season. Cooper Cup. Now he's got Puka Nakua, greatest rookie season for a receiver ever. And perhaps the greatest thing Stafford ever did was trick the world and the New York Giants into thinking Kenny Galladay was a fucking football player. Um, <laughs> the only thing that you might have a little knock on Nakua is actually his quarterback. Stafford turns 36 this year. He says he's still going to play. I think he still, he looked fine this season. I think he still has two or three more years um, in it. Nakua is the exact type of player that you want uh, in a dynasty league. Young, elite, wide receiver. Get him. He should be treated elite just like Garrett Wilson, A.J. Brown, the aforementioned Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I'm looking for big things with him this next season. Yeah, absolutely. I guess the one thing I would like to see more of is you look at all those yards and all those receptions, but the touchdown number isn't really there. Um, yeah. You know, we all know Stafford is not somebody who spreads the ball around. Once he has a guy, he is laser focused on that guy. And right now, Puka Nakua is that guy in that role in Sean McVay's offense. And in, until he ceases to be that, he's to be considered an elite option. Yeah. Agreed. Right. So now we're going to move along. And, and we talked about this guy's teammate earlier tonight. Nico Collins from the Houston Texans. Uh, he finished wide receiver 18 overall. He tied for 15th in points per game at 16.1. He had four games over 20 points, nine games under 15. 
on the season. He had 80 grabs, 1,297 yards, eight touchdowns. He's somebody who has injury concerns. He, he's missed multiple games in each of his first three seasons. But you look at the the team context, he, he does have that excellent young QB in place. He's got an excellent complimentary wide receiver in Tank Dell. And if you hear somebody say Tank Dell is the wide receiver one on that team, from that point forward, you can disregard everything they say because <laughs> Nico Collins is the wide receiver one on that team. Yeah. He had 500-yard games, only two drops this year, which is That's fantastic. And he had a 129.6 passer rating when targeted. Now, it helps that you have an all-time great rookie QB season happening on the, the front side of him being targeted. But at the same time, it's still up to him to get that separation. It's up to him to make the grab. It's up to him to do something when he's got the rock in his hands. And he did it, folks. Yeah. Yeah, we have him in our tier threes, 13th overall. You know, I think he's a very good, not great player, um, but he is being propped up by C.J. Stroud. That helped. He's only 25. He's got plenty of years uh, ahead of him in a dynasty. That is important. And Stroud's going to be there for the long haul. So he'll he'll be covering the rest of Collins' career, I would imagine. And Stroud's nowhere near as good as he would be when he reaches his prime either. So big things ahead for, for Nico Collins, I think. Yeah, and I think there's some some opportunity for increased touchdowns there as well. I wouldn't be shocked if he scored 10, 11, 12 TDs next year. Um, he There's a good chance he'd have got it this year had he not missed time. Yeah, it's all going to come sure. down to just how many games he plays. Yep. Uh, next up is Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver, Rashi Rice. Um, we have him in tier four, 18th overall, finished wide receiver 27, 13 points a game. 938 yards on 79 receptions and seven touchdowns. He would have easily eclipsed a thousand if they would have figured all this shit out earlier in the season or a little sooner, I should say. I, I know the the earlier or the first half of the season or first third of the season is kind of rough, but he is clearly established there as the wide receiver one. I think he's going to make a nice second year leap. Um, he was one of the best 10 rookies this season, I believe. Um I think you'll see a nice ADP bump this offseason um, as managers kind of or as dynasty league owners, you know, soak how soak in just how good he was in the second half. Um, amongst all wide receiver rookies, he was tied for first in receiving grade at 85 1 uh, with the aforementioned Puka Nakua. Uh, he was first overall amongst rookies and catch rate at 79%. Yards after the catch per reception at 8.3 and second in receiving yards at the 100, 938. Uh, if he continues to ascend, his long-term value has a high ceiling being attached to Mahomes. Absolutely. And there is, so there's some uncertainty, right? Because you, regardless of what happens this season, I think both you and I and, and everybody watching at home understands Kansas City is going to make some additions to that wide receiver court. Sky Moore, right. not a thing. MVS, he's got hands like Eric Ebron. If you don't know who he is, well, there's a damn good reason for that. Dude can't catch a cold. If they bring in somebody like T. Higgins, I think Rice is going to play second fiddle. If they bring in an elite talent like that. 
Yeah. If they bring in a complimentary piece, I think he will excel. And I think a lot is going to hinge on whether or not Travis Kelsey retires this year. Um, part of me wishes he would. That way we don't have to see and hear about Taylor Swift all the fucking yeah. time. We still um, <laughs> but if you look at and this is an overused cliche, but again, it's our show and I'll say whatever the hell I want. This was kind of a tale of two seasons, right? At the beginning of the year, they didn't trust each other and, and he was dropping every other pass that was thrown to him from week 12 through week 17. He was a wide receiver for. Yeah. I, I mean, it was just fantastic. Those last six games, he averaged nine targets, seven grabs for 86 as that trust between he and Mahomes and, and him being where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. And then when the ball gets delivered, hey, are you actually going to catch this shit? Right. Once he showed that he will. And the sky is the limit. Heck yeah. We got Captain Spock here. It's going to be interesting to see where Rice goes in drafts. There's still some football left to play for him. Absolutely. Um, and I think there's going to be a, a bit of recency bias, especially in drafts that happen earlier in the year. Dubo thinks he's going to be great. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that or disagree with that. I, I'm going to reference my previous statement. We need to see what happens with the the other personnel that they add to that wide receiver room there. For sure. We got another young punk, FTP, that we're going to talk about now, and that is Green Bay Packers, Jaden Reed. I like it. Was Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he was the uh, number 28 overall wide receiver. He was 26th in points per game. Uh, he was the wide receiver 10 from weeks 10 through 17. He's somebody else that really come on at the end of the year. He scored 19 plus points in four of his last six games. He only had one 100 yard receiving game, but that was kind of supplemented and offset by him getting some carries. The Packers were actually four and one in, in games where he had a rushing attempt. I know that's kind of a cherry pick ridiculous stat but whatever um he had 94 targets on the year caught 64 balls for 793 found the end zone eight times which is yeah. fantastic uh especially in the first half of the year and, and even a little bit in the second half his targets were inconsistent uh but his last five games he managed to garner a 23 percent target share on only a 57 percent route participation which was absolutely fantastic and what does that tell us when his ass is on the field, he's getting the ball. He's in an offense that is ascending. Jordan Love showed a couple things. I'm going to reserve judgment on Jordan Love. I want to see him do it for more than half of a season before I'm I'm ready to say he's a, you know, the next great QB there in Green Bay. But so far, so good, and, and things are looking up. I think it's kind of comical that uh, the Packers, uh, after years of you know waiting to draft wide receivers, took C. Watt and, and Dobbs last year, and they followed up with Jaden Reed this last year. Um, I just think it's funny. They're, they're, they're finally figuring shit out. You, you must have some elite wide receivers or playmakers in your wide receiver room. You have to. Um, he's not the tallest or, or heaviest player. He's only 5'11", 187, but God, does he fight through contact very well, especially mid-route, tracks the ball very well, um, and he has some three-level speed and separation. Yeah, you mentioned second half of the season. Very versatile. He rushed 11 times for the 119 yards, a couple touchdowns, and six first downs, so it's nice to see him doing that. I don't know if he'll be a true number one receiver, but he's more than just a gimmick player. Um, 
in in my book. He definitely passed C. Watt as as the Packers, you know, most valuable dynasty receiver. I see him having a lot of steam heading into the next season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now, I, I think he's more of a, a great value, Debo Samuel, just with the uh, sure. the rushing attempts and everything. And I wonder what kind of the upper limit on that is for him is he does fight through contact, but at the same time, he doesn't have the biggest frame to kind of sustain that beating over the long term. Um, yeah, he's, he's a very interesting piece. I, I think as we get closer to draft time, there's going to be some helium with him uh, just based on how he performed in the back half of the season. But who knows? Maybe it was a, a legit breakout. Yeah. Next up, we got... George Pickens, fan, uh, wide receiver for the Steelers, had 106 targets, 63 receptions, over 1,100 yards, only five touchdowns. Uh, he's in our tier five. We got him 30th overall. Listen, he did improve his second year. First year he had, I think, 800 yards receiving. He was over 1,100, but he is the epitome of all or nothing uh, this season. He had four games with 20-plus fantasy points and 10 games in the single digits. Isn't that right, Matt? Yeah, it, it, it sure is. <laughs> uh, but from a pure talent perspective, he's definitely um, a type of guy you could bet on for cheap. It's the situation that's that's the fucking issue there, right? Uh, meaning quarterback. It's unclear what's, what's going to happen there. Rudolph, Kenny Pickett. Um, the Steelers are always do well, so they never even have the opportunity to, to draft a, a um, high-end quarterback. But he's only 23 years old. It would be foolish of of me or us to assume that that uh, he's going to be weighed down with shitty quarterback play for the next seven to nine years. I mean, eventually something's got to break, right? You you would think so. Um, when I was looking at his total numbers for the season, I saw 1140 yards. Like my immediate thought was like, how in the hell did that happen? In a couple um, of games. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, you, you said it. He is the the definition of boomer bust. He went off in the playoffs and, and his his ass did that on my bench. He led the NFL with 18.1 yards per reception, which yeah. was definitely buoyed by, you know, three for 190 or whatever the hell he had at the end of the year. <laughs> he really excelled, though, with Mason Rudolph at the controls because he showed that he was willing to push the ball down the field, right? George Pickens is not a possession receiver. They have that in Deontay Johnson. He's somebody who can stretch the field, and it's not even that he blows by people. He is just fantastic with contested catches. Whoever they bring in at OC and, and whatever the hell they do at, at quarterback is really going to go a long way to determine what kind of fantasy asset he's going to be. But just given where you can get him in the relatively cheap price tag, he's somebody else who, all right, he's – I mean, I don't want to say free, but yeah. you can get him for damn cheap. And and he's, you know, got a, a shit ton of upside there. Yeah, ton of talent, ton of talent. All right, we are Let's on to it. our last one here. Terry McLaurin of the Commies, tier six, number 36 overall. Uh, over his five years in the league, he's really been the embodiment of consistency. Uh, he had his fourth straight hundred yard or hundred yard thousand yard season this year. He only had four touchdowns. Uh, it was his third straight season playing 17 games. He's somebody with a safe floor, but a low ceiling. He was only the uh, number 32 wide receiver overall. He was 39th in, in points per game. And part of it was, was because Sam Howell spread the ball around so damn much 
when he was in there and, and then he'd have started just, you know, all right, I'm going to throw picks for a minute now and got his ass bench for Jacoby brisket. Um, he's gotten <laughs> over the past four years, very consistent target share. He's between been between 22 and 27% of team targets the last four years. He's getting up there in age a little bit, though, for somebody who only has four years uh, in the league. He's going to be 29 next September. With receivers, they've got a, a longer shelf life, and especially somebody like him who's not that giant receiver. With the bigger receivers, once you start to see the lower body injuries, you know it's downhill for there. He's somebody who's an excellent route runner. He's got good hands. His ass wanted to stay in Washington. I don't know why he, you know, he signed that extension to stay there. Maybe he's, yeah. you know, comfortable. Um, you're not drafting him, expecting him to be a wide receiver too. I think if you pick him up, he's going to be a, a mid to low end wide receiver three with maybe low end wide receiver two upside, just depending on the week. But good luck guessing when that week is going to be. Yeah. And he just hit four consecutive thousand yard seasons with that thousand and two yards, just barely made it. You know, I think the commanders probably, you know, he, he produced more than he was he a third round pick. I think he was a third round pick. So I think he's produced uh, more for his third round value. He finished second in the league in routes run last season. He was 18th in targets among wide receivers. Now for the bad, he's getting, very inefficient. Uh, 1.62 fantasy points per target. He was wide receiver 64 and 0.33 fantasy points per route one. That put him at wide receiver 58. Uh, I don't like it. I mean, a mid-range wide receiver scoring finish is not what you know we or fantasy managers had had hoped for. The problem is he's on a bad team with underperforming QBs. The commanders have had 29, 53, and one record since 2019. That's the fourth worst record in the league over that time frame. And when you've had what case Keenum, Haskins, Colt McCoy, Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, Heineke, Fitzpatrick, remember Garrett Gilbert, Carson Wentz, <laughs> Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett. It's no easy task for a ride receiver to do shit with that. In fact, an argument could be made that he outperformed reasonable expectations given the fucking QBs he had. So I don't know. Yeah. He's going to have a new one next year. I got on the way for sure. <laughs> yep, either Drake may or, or Jaden Daniels is, is going to be putting on that commies uniform next season. Yep. You know, with elevated QB play, maybe he ends up as a high end wide receiver three, something like that. But I'm not drafting him with those expectations. And especially in dynasty, he's getting up there. You're going to be able to get him for cheap, uh, especially in dynasty startups. So, um, yeah, he's yeah. he's a, a decent fantasy asset. We'll see, depending on the quarterback play. Yes. Yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Oh shit. Um, yeah. Again, those um, tiers and rankings are on the website, stoneonsportspodcast.com. Check her out uh, in case you need to refer to it. If you got any questions, as usual, hit us up in the uh, comments. Hit us up on the socials. We're here for you guys. Uh, all the time we got full-time jobs but you know we got freedom too so we can uh <laughs> i've answered plenty of questions so far from a couple of you guys just at work I'm like <laughs> i'll just do this but um always glad thanks for you guys joining tonight spock dubo sway supersonic uh did i miss anybody i don't know i don't think so but if i did miss anybody i i, I feel bad but um 
Thursday show. We're going, you notice we did QBs and wide receivers. Thursdays, we'll do dynasty tiers and rankings for running backs and tight ends. Um, as well, we'll preview or talk a little bit about um, the conference championship games going on this weekend. Dive into that a little bit. Um, probably more some, I'm not sure what else. Maybe some surprises for you guys. We'll see. Um, I don't got anything else. I think that's our show for tonight. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys Thursday night at 7. Have a great night. Oh, no shit. I don't even get to say anything. Well, have no. a good night, everybody. Appreciate you no. stopping by. Just hit the button. Whatever. <laughs>